Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and while there's no games to talk about right now, we finally have some big off-season news to talk about thanks to the winter meetings. We'll get into that. We'll uh, talk everything that's been going on. It's It's been a while since we talked. Uh, the last time we talked was that rookie episode, the all-rookie episode we did, and I know I promised you you know, a season wrap-up episode on the veterans, but I'm going to be honest with you. I I sat down to record that episode. I recorded like 40 minutes worth of stuff, and I just got to a point where I realized this isn't a fun episode. This isn't, I mean, at, at, at that point, I mean, just it didn't feel like the season needed to be wrapped up anymore. I mean, you didn't need me to tell you that Austin Hedges had like his worst hitting season of his entire career, that Josh Naylor was pitiful against left-handed pitching, uh, that Jose Ramirez did you know, suffer from the broken thumb in the second half of the season. I, I went through it. I went through it all, and it's just, it didn't feel like a fun episode wrapping up you know, all those veterans. Uh, so I scrapped it. I waited. And uh, the other thing you know about me is that uh, I became a dad right around opening day of the 2022 season. And, you know, it worked to record while he was very, very young and uh, his sleep schedule was a little more predictable. And now that he's a little bit older, he is a lot of fun to hang out with. And it's been really hard to sit down at the microphone and record. So what does that mean for Cleveland baseball mornings going forward? I don't know. I don't know. I love talking baseball with you morning people, and I'll figure out a way. I will figure out a way to make this work come the 2023 season. Do we go to Cleveland baseball nightly permanently? Maybe. We'll just see. We'll see how it goes. So uh, I got up this morning because we have exciting off-season news. The Guardians have unofficially, unofficially signed big slugging first baseman DH Josh Bell to a uh, to a contract. Uh, it is a reported two year contract. I think it was thirty three, where the number is thirty three million. Now it's a two year deal with an opt out after the first year, as it's being reported, which is kind of a modern thing to do, right? A modern contract. And I was reading some articles. Uh, you know, I was reading uh, Zach Meisel's article on the Athletic. I read a great article uh, on Fangraphs by Michael Bauman, uh, who gave a really good scouting report and expectation setting uh, on Josh Bell. And yeah, I, the Guardians finally made a, like a modern move, right? They, they put up some money. They put up a decent amount of money to get this guy. And uh, they give him an opt-out after the first year. That's that's the way the baseball world is working right now. you you got to build in some flexibility for these guys, uh, especially later in their career. So Bell is someone who's bounced around a little bit since leaving the Pirates. Frankly, when he was on the Pirates, uh, you know, a few years ago, I, I was pretty interested in them going out and getting him. Uh, I thought that uh, sounded like a pretty good... Uh, potential guy in 2018 and 2019, they were still kind of looking for that right-handed slugging first base DH type, uh, even with the emergence of Fermil Reyes. And, you know, they had, they had Encarnacion playing first base and then Carlos Santana, but 
This guy, he's a switch hitter. He's a switch hitter, so he gives you production from both sides of the plate. And it just felt like a good fit back in his Pittsburgh days. He bounces around with the Washington Nationals for two seasons, a half a season with the San Diego Padres that did not go well. I mean, he was hitting 301 when he left Washington. He was uh, had an 877 OPS when he left Washington. Okay, those are great numbers. In his half a season in San Diego, it was 192 with a 587 OPS. So San Diego, not a very hitter-friendly park. And, you know, sometimes being traded in the middle of the season is difficult for players. So uh, we're going to hope that those San Diego numbers are an outlier. And uh, we're getting more of the guy that was in the first half of that season. Uh, the guy who was crushing pretty much his whole time, had an over an 800 OPS his whole time in Washington. That's the guy we're looking forward to getting here. And, uh, yeah, it's a major, major gap that the Guardians just filled. Uh, at the winter meetings here. And for those of you, I saw dumb people, dumb people tweeting out like about the home run production. Like, oh, well, if you add up Owen Miller and Josh Naylor's home runs, uh, you know, it equals the same amount of home runs that Josh Bell hit. It's not about home runs. It is absolutely not about home runs. Uh, Somebody tweeted out... uh, batting averages against left-handed pitching. And that is absolutely what this is all about here. Uh, Yeah, Cleveland Stats, at Cleveland Stats, tweeted out OPS versus left-handed pitching, current Cleveland Guardians, 2021 and 2022 combined. Uh, You know, Josh Naylor hit 513 OPS against left-handed pitching. Owen Miller was 619 OPS. Even Quan struggled a little bit against left-handed, 639. Oscar Gonzalez was a 745, starts to get respectable. Jose Ramirez, of course, an all-star, 812. Andres Jimenez, sixth in the MVP voting, by the way, Andres Jimenez, 812. Playing shortstop right now in winter ball right now to get ready for the World Baseball Classic. Uh, Ahmed Rosario hit 820 OPS against left-handed pitching. Those, you know, that's our big righty right there. Josh Bell would have been an 826 OPS against left-handed pitching. Puts him at the top of the list right now on the current Guardians roster. So, yeah, that is what this is all about. So, if someone tries to come at you today and say, oh, no, this Josh Bell signing, what do we need this for? Tell them right there. OPS against left-handed pitching, that is exactly what we needed Josh Bell for. That's what makes him such a good fit now in this roster, in this rotation. Um, And and when I say rotation, I mean what is going to be the platoon situation, right? Does Josh Bell play more DH? Does he play more first base? Defensively, he's not known as the best first baseman, but he handles it. He handles it. So do they do some kind of platoon where him and, you know, Naylor... uh, kind of split time at first base, but it's really in the lineup, in position in the lineup, it's more Oscar Gonzalez and uh, Josh Naylor, you know, platooning lefty versus righty. Naylor, uh, Bell stays in the lineup, whether he's DH or first base, and Naylor either goes in to play first base and Bell goes to DH, or Gonzalez goes into DH and Bell goes to first base, you know, that type of thing, or Gonzalez is on a right field and they kind of, 
make that dance happen with those three guys. That's what I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see uh, who Francona kind of pairs with each other. I think the odd man out in this situation is probably Owen Miller, and Owen Miller is looking more and more like the odd man out in this lineup. I mean, don't forget, you have Arias and Tyler Freeman who could be the utility infielders. If you now have another first baseman in this mix, where's Owen Miller fitting in in this thing? I, it's, it, I could see them very easily doing exactly what they did with Yu Chang this year and just kind of squeezing Owen Miller out of this thing. And frankly, he didn't hit enough to want him to be in there, right? He didn't he didn't hit enough to kind of earn that major league spot. So it's going to be very interesting to see once we get to spring training how that kind of plays itself out. All right, more on Josh Bell. This is definitely going to be the Josh Bell episode. So looking at his uh, baseball savant page, looking at his spray chart, I wanted to see, he kind of looks like he sprays the ball all over the field, which you would expect from a switch hitter, right? Hitting from both sides of the plate, they should be able to deliver the ball to both sides of the field. Well, when we switch it to batting just from the right side of the plate, he still sprays the ball all over the field. He literally has home runs. Of the seven home runs he hit right-handed, it goes from foul pole to foul pole and everything in between. The singles, the doubles are split up all over, uh, all across the field. When we switch to a left-handed batter, he's still hitting from foul pole to foul pole. In fact, of his 10 home runs, a lot of them come from uh, right center field and then hitting opposite field, four from left, uh, hitting the left field. Uh, he actually he doesn't have a home run down the right field line. He's got four doubles down the right field line uh, that look like they hit off the wall. So, yeah, he kind of has gone foul pole to foul pole, whether he's hitting left-handed or right-handed. And that is a very balanced hitter that is going to fit in very well in Cleveland there. So that is encouraging. Um, you know, he uh, a lot of red on his MLB percentile rankings. Expected batting average, 86th, percent, 86th percentile. Expected weighted on base percentage, 84th percentile. You know, when you kind of take all the numbers and smash them together, um, expected weighted on base percentage, it's in the 84th percentile. This is good stuff here. Walk rate, 93rd percentile. And then you're thinking, okay, this is, you know, a big first baseman slugger. He probably strikes out a ton, right? Yeah, I'm sure he strikes out a ton. No, 83rd percentile 4K rate. He does not strike out a ton. In fact, if you take away the pandemic season, um, you know, the 2020 season, he struggled in the pandemic season a little bit. Some of his numbers fall off a little bit. His K percentage, that's the only time his K percentage jumps up over 20%. And, uh, you know, reading this article on fan graphs, uh, looking at the numbers here, uh, that's the type of thing. The only Guardians hitter that had a 20% strikeout rate was Andres Jimenez. He was the team leader in strikeouts was Andres Jimenez at 20.1%. So he fits into this Guardians model, keeping that strikeout percentage below 20%. Last year, it was 15.8%. K percentage. That fits into this Guardian's model. He he can slug, he can hit for power, he can barrel things up, but he could he makes contact. He doesn't strike out. So that is absolutely 
a Guardians hitter right there. And and a, a Guardians hitter in a 6'4", 260, you know, frame, right-handed hitting frame, that's, it is exactly what we were looking for. Now, I do have some bad news to report. There is one percentile ranking here where he is in the first percent bottom of the league. I got to report it. It's arm strength. I think we can live with that. I think our first base DH can have a weak arm. I, I I can live with it, all right? So, yeah, really, really good numbers over here. Uh, scrolling down his baseball savant page, looking at maybe does he struggle? You know, does he hit fastballs better than off-speed pitches? Is he going to chase sliders and curves uh, like some of our other right-handed hitters struggle with chasing? No, it's actually pretty balanced. He hit 266 off fastballs, 250 off off-speed pitches, 286 off of breaking pitches. And then the slugging, 416. How even is this? 416 off fastballs, 414 off off-speed pitches, 444 off breaking pitches. That is really, really even. His highest whiff rate came on off-speed pitches. So I guess if he's going to chase anything, it's going to be a changeup. Uh, so yeah, and then super positive uh, run values, especially against four-seam fastballs for, throughout his career. Uh, the only thing he struggled with last year were cutters. He was minus five against cutters, minus one against a splitter, uh, but then positive against everything else. The sort of the normal armament of pitches, he was in the positive run value against all those pitches. So that's the kind of hitter we're getting in Josh Bell. It's very exciting. You can clearly see him sliding in as the cleanup hitter. I was talking with my brother about it yesterday, and I would still love to see them get Andres Jimenez into the top three. If this guy was the, you know, in the top six in the MVP voting, then what is Andres Jimenez doing batting seventh in the lineup, right? Sixth, seventh in the lineup. He deserves a chance to hit in that top three. And what I would do is I'd actually move Jose Ramirez up to two. That way you have that switch hitter in between the two lefties, Quan and uh, Jimenez. You get Ramirez hitting from the right side if you need it. And then Bell the switch hitter. So if you do have a righty starter, you can just hammer him with lefties at the top of the lineup. You slide in Naylor and uh, you know uh, Gonzalez into that fifth spot maybe. Uh, and then kind of work down from there. Does it drop Ahmed Rosario down? Yeah, maybe to 7th or 8th. Maybe it does. But uh, I think that would be a really, really exciting lineup to launch into the 2023 season. So that's your big Josh Bell news. Uh, I really encourage you to uh, to check out the article on Fangraphs. It talked a lot about uh, basically setting expectations. Basically saying there's three types of Josh Bell. There's a Josh Bell... Uh, where he's just uh, hammering the ball into the ground, hitting a lot of ground balls. Um, there's the Josh Bell where he's lifting the ball, hitting for power. Uh, and then there's kind of a Josh Bell uh, in the middle. Uh, oh, I like this one. I like this line. Uh, one who gets the ball in the air at least part of the time and hits like a down ballot MVP candidate. All right. All right. We'll take that. One who smashes the ball into the ground and hits like a backup catcher. Okay, maybe the guy in San Diego who struggled a little bit. And an intermediate version who doesn't elevate the ball, but hits it so hard he puts up acceptable numbers. Anyways, that sounds like Ahmed Rosario, right? Just hit the ball hard, get a lot of singles. Uh, So those are the three parts of Bell's game 
that Fangraphs kind of warned us about. Uh, and he kind of goes through waves with those three versions of himself. The other thing I read about Josh Bell, uh, reading an article from his time in Washington, is he's a guy that puts in the work, does the homework, studies, you know, video of himself batting, studies, really works in the video room, works in the cages, and he's someone who can get himself out of a slump. He was slumping, he was hitting a ton of ground balls, he was off balance in Washington, and he put in the work with the hitting coaches to get himself back to get that balance back in his stance, in his approach, and uh, get back to being a dominant hitter again. So this is a guy that puts in the work. And again, man, that sounds like it's going to fit in really well with these Cleveland Guardians. So I'm very excited for Josh Bell to be here. And there's more that can happen at these winter meetings. We are just getting started. Terry Francona is giving interviews on MLB Network Radio where he's basically saying, we're going to figure out this catcher position. Like, we're, we're not ignoring this catcher position. The, they've been all over the talks for Sean Murphy from Oakland. They've been talks about the veteran Christian Vasquez. Their name keeps coming up when it comes to catchers. Now, they did actually uh, make a transaction and uh, go out and get a catcher. They, uh, uh, I think it's a minor league signing with an invite to spring training. For, uh, I do not know how to say his first name. We will all find out together. Valoria. Valoria catcher, I think, was in the Kansas City system. Uh, so there is some type of veteran, a guy who's bounced around in the system now. Uh, the other big transaction that happened while I kind of took a break here was uh, they had to set the 40-man roster. They added Cantillo, Angel Martinez, the shortstop, and Tim Heron, the pitcher from Columbus, to the 40-man roster. And then they made some trades. And I was kind of surprised. I mean, I was actually pretty shocked by these trades. Uh, and I thought they would be to clear room on the 40-man roster. One was, one wasn't. Uh, so the big trade from November that I didn't talk to you about was Nolan Jones. They traded Nolan Jones, this former top pick, to the Colorado Rockies for a shortstop named Juan Brito. And... Uh, Brito comes over here, and uh, he is, he's still on the 40-man roster, though. he They had to keep him, and they added him to the 40-man roster, which was surprised me. I expected them, if they made a trade like this, to be for someone younger, you know, that didn't have to be added to the 40-man roster yet, that didn't have to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. Man, things soured with Nolan Jones, didn't they? I, who knows what happened here. One day we'll get an interview and find out. Is it because he, I mean, did he refuse to be flexible in his positioning? Was there something else that he wasn't working with the coaches on? Was there something that we did to let him down that he wanted out? You know, it's going to be very interesting to find out kind of how this went down with Nolan Jones because we all expected him to be a big part of this team at this point. Uh, And it just, wow, he wasn't on the playoff roster. He went back to AAA and now he's gone. It's pretty shocking, actually. So we get this guy, Juan Brito. At the time of the trade, I looked up Brito on the Rockies prospect list. He was their number 30 prospect, uh, according to MLB.com. But this is the scouting report. And tell me, tell me this is not the perfect Guardians hitter scouting report. Wherever Brito has been, the switch hitting infielder has shown a knack for contact and an advanced approach at the plate. He's short and quick to the ball from both sides of the plate, consistently finding the barrel, 
He combines those swing mechanics with excellent pitch recognition and strike zone discipline with more walks than strikeouts in his career through 2022. While he's more hit over power, his in-game pop is starting to show up and he could eventually have average power. Brito's lack of speed doesn't keep him from being aggressive on the base paths, but it does limit him to playing second base. He's a solid enough defender to stay there, though it's his bat that will give him the chance to reach the big leads as an offensive-minded middle infielder. Tell me, that does not sound like the prototypical Cleveland Guardians hitter right now. I love hearing that. So we'll see where Brito slots in the system. Uh, Is it in Columbus? Is it in Akron? Uh, and how quickly he climbs up this system. Now, he's not ranked uh, in the top 30 prospects, according to MLB.com. But the other guy that we got, Ross Carver, is. Uh, we got him from the Arizona Diamondbacks. We gave them flamethrowing right-hander Carlos Vargas. Uh, and we get this guy, Ross Carver, back. And he slots in as our number 30 prospect now on MLB.com. And the scouting report on him is that the fastball curve and slider are really good pitches. I mean, uh, good enough that when he was drafted in the 20th round by the Arizona Diamondbacks, they're kind of considering this a steal in the 20th round. Uh, he's a six foot two right-handed pitching, right-handed starter. Uh, they were wondering if his lack of changeup, does he improve his changeup? That would help keep him a starter. And even if it doesn't, then he could slot into a bullpen role and be very effective with the two breaking pitches he's got. He's got them people chasing his curveball. Uh, so sounds like we got another good starter here in Ross Carver uh, to come up through the system. Now, I believe he is not on the 40-man roster, so that did clear up one spot on the 40-man roster. Uh, speaking of the 40-man roster... This roster technically is at 39. Josh Bell signing, although not official yet, would make it 40. So they can hold off on Josh Bell because I believe the Rule 5 draft is coming up very quickly here at the winter meetings. And that would give them a little bit of flexibility if they needed to sign someone. If they needed to sign someone and package them in a trade. If they needed to sign someone and release someone else off the 40-man roster to make room for Josh Bell. They have that flexibility with that with that last spot, with that 40th spot right now until the Josh Bell signing becomes official. So the Guardians are not done making moves here. They are absolutely not done making moves at the winter meetings. Uh, Francona said it in his message to MLB Network Radio. They want, And he said it before. They want this to be a launching off point. They want the 2022 season not to just be a good story, to be a launching off point for the next wave of contention from the Cleveland Guardians. So they are looking to improve the team, and they did it. They spent money, actual green paper money. They did it. They spent it. They offered it to a player. Uh, what other contracts are going to be out there this winter? Do they extend uh, in Andres Jimenez, right? Do they lock him up for a few seasons? Do they do something with a McKenzie or uh, Quantrill? You know, where else are they going to spend money? Uh, it's going to be very very interesting to see. Uh, this this payroll is going to slowly grow back to something respectable. It is. They, they, they have too many young players who are going to continue to increase in value financially. Uh, they're going to have to spend a little bit of money. They're going to have to get back to a respectable payroll here. So 
Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an exciting day for Guardians fans out there to get a little bit of fun off-season news. Uh, that's what the winter meetings are kind of for. Uh, a lot of fun things happen at the winter meeting, so we got some fun off-season news. All right, that wraps up all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. It's nice to be able to talk with you again. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your offseason. I'm enjoying Cavs season. If you are if you are a Clevelander and you enjoy all Cleveland sports, how can you not be jazzed about the Cleveland Cavaliers right now who just beat LeBron James and the Lakers last night? More fun news coming out of Cleveland. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm... A lot of people on Guardians Twitter got worked up this offseason. I mean, people did think pieces and rants and Twitter threads about trading for Sean Murphy from the A's. And they're getting themselves really worked up about it. And I'm just, I'm not that kind of person. I really enjoyed the 2022 season. One of my favorite seasons in recent memory. And... I love these guys. I love the attitude they brought, the mix on this team. And I'm not necessarily ready to blow it up like some other people are on Guardians Twitter. They're ready to trade everybody for Sean Murphy or whatever they have to do to spend money and improve this team. And you know what? I I enjoyed kind of sitting with this season and just kind of, you know, letting this season be for a little bit. I I needed a break. Uh, Frankly, it it was a long ride that 2022 season. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for things to start changing and and things, signings and trades. And I'm ready for things to start moving towards 2023. But uh, yeah, it it was a great ride 2022. We can't forget that. We can't be so desperate to change and trade and for these transactions to happen. Uh, We don't want to be that reactionary fan base, right? So uh, let's take a beat. Let's calm down a little bit on Guardians Twitter. Let's see what Antonetti and Chernoff do. Let's let the transactions happen, and then we'll react to them. We'll enjoy them. We got a lot of fun information about Josh Bell today, and if they do pull off a trade for Sean Murphy, or if they do pull off a signing of another catcher, we'll talk about it. We'll enjoy it. Uh, But I'm not going to be one of those podcasts. I'm not going to be one of those shows that's going to obsess about it. I'm not going to give you hypothetical trade packages and things like that, because... It's more fun to analyze what they do than to sit here and work ourselves up into a frenzy about what they could do. Uh, I know it's fun to talk around the water cooler. It's fun to talk to your friends about what they could do. Uh, but I'm going to kind of play it cool this this offseason. And uh, we'll get there. We will get there. We will get to spring training. 2023 spring training will come, and we'll see what this team looks like and what the possibilities are. There's so many young guys that made their debut that are going to be looking for roster spots, that are going to be looking for playing time. There's going to be a lot of conversations about how that's going to happen, and we really won't know till we hit spring training. So if more news breaks over these winning me- winter meetings, I will jump back on the microphone and break it down with you. But until then, thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. The email inbox is always open. Let me know your thoughts on the Josh Bell trade. Let me know your thoughts on what they're doing this offseason, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you want to go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. 
We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.